This morning, I am excited because whatever has a beginning has an end. Only God does not have a beginning. That's why he has no end. I want to tell you I love you guys this morning, and I'm so excited that you allowed the little me to be a part of you this morning. But I believe that the greater of the Lord will saturate you with his grace this morning. We're going to have a conversation this morning, and I'm excited because I've been praying. I said, God, I want you to speak to me first before you speak to your children. I want to be a partaker of what you intend to do in their lives. Lord, my prayer has been, don't let me lose out of what you have for your children this morning. And he's been a faithful God. He's been a wonderful God that he's always been. And he began to let me into himself to get a little taste of what he got in store. I'm excited. I'm excited. The topic is going to be breaking through impossibilities. Breaking through impossibilities. I don't know if there is anybody here who has experienced something that has been impossible in your life. I have. Maybe you all have everything possible for you. But for me, I've encountered so much impossibilities in my life. And many times, I've hit like the brick wall. And I find myself at the losing end. When I get up, I get defeated. When I get up, I get discouraged. When I get up, it's like the strength in me is gone because I believe I could have passed through. Yet, it pushed me down. And I'm looking at today being the 31st of December, 2017. And I'm looking at tomorrow is going to be a new year. But God is telling me that I should not postpone his presence today to tomorrow. That he's still able to break through the impossibility today. Don't say next year it will start. He said, don't say it will start next year. My next year resolution. My next year this and that. If you recapitulate your mind back to January 1st this year. There are so many things that we put in our box. So many things in our to-do list. And when you begin to check all of them out. Sometimes you discover that. There are only two things you can check out out of maybe 5,000 that you wrote. And when you look at it, what happens? You become defeated and it's okay. I'm going to do better this next year. But we're not going to postpone. We're not going to procrastinate the power of God for today, for tomorrow. We're not going to say we're going to start this tomorrow. What happens to today? He is still able to do what he will do tomorrow. He is still able to do it today. Breaking through impossibilities. We're going to look at a scripture this morning. It's a very familiar passage that all of you know all the time. We're going to take it from the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 at 10 to 7 or so like that. Many of you know this story. In fact, without reading it, you can actually tell the story if you're sleeping. But there's something deeper about this story this morning that it will move from story to reality in your life. In 2 Kings 4, the Bible says, A certain woman 
of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons as slaves. You know this story very well more than I do. And the Bible talks about that Elisha said unto the woman, what can I do for you? How can I be of help? He asked the woman two questions. First one, he said, what can I do for you? Then he asked the second question. Tell me, what do you have in your house? And the Bible explained that the woman said to him, I have nothing in my house except this little jar of oil. And Elisha said to the woman, go and borrow vessels from everywhere. Is that in your Bible? Go and borrow vessels from where? Everywhere. And from your neighbors. Don't borrow a few. And when you have done that, what do you do? Go into your house and shut the door. You and your sons. And pour into the vessels. Set aside the field ones. And we all know what the Bible said. The woman left Elisha. And went and shut the door and began to pour the oil that they have into the vessels or the jars or the containers that they borrowed. And the Bible says that it came to a point where she said to the sons, let me have more vessels. And the son said, there's no more. And the Bible says what? The oil ceased. And she went back and told Elisha, Elisha said, good, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your children will live with the rest. This story has been a story to so many of us. But this story exemplifies the reality of what many single mothers today are facing in this country. There are people in this place or that you know or are part of your family that are single mothers who are trying to raise children with limited resources left over by either a late or a diseased partner or somebody who is dead or even a man who was responsible for the children but as far as they are concerned, if he's alive, he's dead in their life because he has no relationship with the children. Many of you find yourself in that situation this morning. Many of you who have raised single, uh, who have been a single mother, a single father, know what I'm talking about. This woman found herself in that situation where she has to raise two sons. She had to contend with the meager money that she had 
that was not enough to take care of the children. Neither was it enough to take care of the death incurred by her late husband. I want you this morning to understand with me that God is about to show us something to enable us break through the walls of impossibilities. What the woman found herself is a situation where it wanted to see two things. One, her husband was a man of God, was a believer, was one of the servants of the prophets. He did everything right because the Bible says in another translation that he loved the Lord. Another translation said he feared the Lord. But when he passed, the woman found herself in that situation. Many of you know what I'm talking about. But let's move on from that. What happened in the life of that woman? The woman decided she has to do something. She decided to take her case onto a person who will give her the word of the Lord. Many times we have found ourselves in situations and circumstances that become impossible for us. And we take our case, we take our story, we take our weaknesses and challenges to people outside that has no word of the Lord for you. She decided not to take the case to somebody else, to a different person, but to him who has the word of the Lord for her. So in breaking through impossibilities in our lives, I know we have prayer partners. I know we have people we talk to. I know we also have family members. But to whom do you take the case to? One who will give you what the Lord says. It may not be what you want to hear. Because what Elisha was asking the woman was not what she wanted to hear. She wanted to get some financial reprieve from Elisha. But Elisha knew that giving her money is not going to solve her problem. But if she can capture the power of the world, she will break through the impossibility that was facing her life. Elisha said to her, two things, what do you want me to do for you? Many times we have problems and challenges and we come to God, but we just say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. What do you want God to do for you? Elisha wanted her to be specific. The next thing Elisha wanted her to know, in order for us to break through impossibilities, you must be a part of what God is about to do. And God said to the woman, what is it that you have in your house? And I want to tell you this morning that whatever you're looking for, that God will do for you, he has already given you the means through which to be successful. He had already given you the provisions for you to use what he has given you to get what you need. He asked the woman, what do you have in your house? But I want you to see the mindset. The mindset that I have had in the past that have caused my defeat when I come to the impossibilities. It's the same mindset the woman has. Inability to recognize the tiniest thing that God has put in your hands. He asked the woman, what do you have at home? She said, I have nothing. I have nothing, only this little jar of oil 
except the little jar of oil. That's all I have. Which means she must have either depleted her finances or what she considered important in trying to solve her problem, but it did not solve the problem. He said, I have nothing but this insignificant thing. But one thing that God left in her house was the oil. And the olive oil is a source of healing. The olive oil is a source of provisions. The olive oil that God left is the anointing because in the book of Psalm, he said, he anointed my head with oil and my cup does what? Runs over. He left that which might be simple in the house, but that is more spiritual than any other thing that she was looking for. He left the anointing oil, the olive oil through which healing, deliverance, salvation, provisions comes. But that's what we do not recognize. Because it's so infinitesimal. It's so insignificant. It's not quite important. You're looking for the big things, but the little things that God has given you is the source. He said, I have nothing except this ordinary oil. The things that she considered important and valuable had gone. When we hold on things that we consider important and valuable, they are gone. But we fail to recognize the simplest thing. I have come to discover this morning that breaking through impossibility is not looking for the greatest things, but is looking and using the little things that God has given to you until you pound down the wall. Faith to break down impossibilities does not make sense. It works. Faith does not reason well with you, but it works. Faith to break through a barren woman does not make sense, but it works. Faith to rebuild our financial life does not make sense, but it works. And she said, that's all I have. The little thing, that's all I have. But then the man of God said to her, go everywhere. Go and borrow from your neighbors. Go and borrow. Don't borrow a few. One of our greatest defeats, why we classify things as impossible, is because our vision of the ability of God is so small. That's why Elisha wanted to enlarge her vision. Elisha wanted to enlarge her power. Elisha wanted to enlarge her heart. He said, don't borrow a few, because he knew her circumstance and situation has confined her into reasoning so small. Many of us, because of what we have gone through in the past, because of prophecies that have been given to us that never came to pass, because of so many things <coughs> excuse me, that we have encountered, have conditioned our life onto a life of pity, onto a life of self-defeat, into a life of, of hunting and just looking like this because we don't feel worthy anymore. Because of what she has gone through and her condition, Elisha knew that she needed to enlarge her power. You need to enlarge your vision. You need to enlarge your heart. You need to enlarge the provision of God. He said, don't borrow a few. He said, go to what? Everywhere. He could have said, just go to your neighbors. He knew the neighbors were going to be limited. He said, go what? 
everywhere. That means unlimited area. That means there is nothing impossible. You can go anywhere. It said go anywhere and borrow. Empty vessels. It is a borrow. The ones that are filled. It's a borrow empty. The more empty space you bring for the Lord, you give him no choice than to fill them up. He said, go borrow them and come. He said, go into your house with your children and shut the door. God has a reason why he told her to shut the door. He don't want her. Because whenever God is about to do something big in your life, when once you begin to reason big, when once you begin to vision huge, there are men and women who will come to give you wisdom and ideas to counter it. And he said to her, shut the door. Your neighbors are going to come and say, Dr. Sinclair, what do you think you're doing? Using empty cans for what? Are you crazy? In my country, those who carry empty things around are the crazy people who are mad. What is wrong with you? They begin to give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to tell you that it's impossible for you. And you said, the Lord said to you, go borrow empty cans, vessels I'm bringing to your house. And your house is littered with empty cans, empty cans, and people look at you like, I think he's gone mad, she's gone crazy. God does not want anybody to encounter the situation in your life. Every time Jesus wants to perform a serious miracle, he takes only Peter, James, and John. And the Bible says he keeps the other ones outside. Because he does not want a contrary opinion to his word in your life. If you have to break through whatever impossibility right now in your present, shut down every alternative voice. Shut down every contrary information. Shut down your father, your mother, your brother and sister who will tell you that it is impossible because God says with his word he's able to break through impossibilities. He's able to do that. He's able to do way more than you and I can imagine and think. And he says shut the door. Keep them away. Keep everybody outside. And then he said something to her. He said, then pour, poured into the empty vessels. The only way for you to be refilled is to pour out. The only way for your anointing to increase is to pour out. The only way your financial situation will increase is to pour out. The only way the grace of God in your life will increase is to pour out. The only way your ministry will go beyond what it is today is to pour out. The only way that you will increase beyond the voice of men is to pour out. He said, pour. And when you have filled that vessel, set it aside. When you have poured into a life of somebody, move on to the next person. When you have filled this person with the grace of God, in their life. You know what? Move on to the next person. There are many empty people, empty vessels around you than you can ever imagine. That's why he said, go everywhere. Don't have a limit as to the place you go to borrow. If the man you're dating is giving you a contrary voice, keep him aside. 
You can never break through your situation and circumstance with voices that are contrary to the word of God in your life. God wants you to understand that you are going to participate. Elisha did not come to pour the oil for her. Elisha did not ask the children to pour the oil for her. He asked her to pour the oil. Your problem is your problem. Okay? I can have faith with you. But you have to have the faith for yourself. Your prayer partners can pray with you. But the problem remains with you. You must be a part of the solution. You cannot subcontract your problems to pastors and reverends and bishops. You cannot subcontract your problem to prayer partners and say, oh, you pray for me. They can pray with you, but you have to pray for yourself. Elisha said, you got to be the one handling the jug to pour. Your children will not pour it in for you. The man of God will not pour it in for you. You have to be the one holding the jug, my brother. You want an increase in your family, you have to be the one to pour into it. You have to be the one. Nobody will pour it for you. My problem is my problem. You can sympathize with me. You can say, Brother Stephen, I'm praying for you. But I got to pray for myself. Because the problem remains with me. Not with you. He said, pour into the vessel. And when it is filled, set it aside. Set it aside. Because when that challenge is filled, the cup needs to run over to the next one. The next one should be empty. But the Bible says, it came to a time she poured and she said to the son, bring me a vessel. And the son said, there was none. It's no more. It's no more. And that is where my tears came. And this is where I began to cry for myself. This is where I saw my inability to break through the impossibility. How the woman could have subcontracted the call of God in her life and limited it. Let me tell you something you may not see in that Bible. Look, go back straight right now. I want you to look at the same area in chapter 3. Let's look at chapter 3. The Bible says... Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not borrow a few. But I want you now to go further, go all the way to verse 5, towards the end of the verse 5, and let's see what happened. He said, shut the door behind, behind, and the woman shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessel to her. This is the mystery and the key and the power to breaking through. The man of God said to her, you go borrow. Rather than her going to borrow, she sent her children to go and borrow. No person is able to tell you how much is enough for you. When you allow somebody else to do what God asks you to do, he will determine that this is enough for you, Mr. Coblin. This is enough. You are not worthy to have more than 20. But when you go out yourself, you go take 200, 500. She failed because 
subcontracted the call of God in her life, the instruction of God and said, go and borrow. Dr. Daniel said, go and borrow. He didn't say, send your wife or your kids to go borrow for you. Because they will only determine what they think is enough. They are secondary partaker of the promises. You are the primary partaker. You are the one who will have to go. Stephen, God says, go and borrow. And I said, my wife and my kids, go and borrow. They might borrow 500, they think that's enough for daddy. But for me, I can go and borrow 20 million pieces because God said, go everywhere, borrow not a few. The power to break through the wall. The power to break through sickness. When God said, I will heal you, he's speaking to you. He's not speaking to me. It is your word to believe what he says. Take it to the bank and it will yield his promises. He will yield his promises. She failed at that point, And I saw myself in her. Many things God have asked me to do. I have subcontracted it to other people to do. And they determine what is good enough for me. Ain't no person is worth it to determine what is enough for you. Nobody else can determine what is good enough for you. Nobody else can determine the quantity you can have. Only you can determine that. When you allow somebody to do it, they will use their human wisdom and make a choice for you. And the provision of God in your life will cease. That which God wants not to cease. God didn't want it to cease. That's why he said, go everywhere and borrow. He could have taken her 20 years to borrow. The anointing and the provision will continue to flow beyond 20 years. But to the limit, to the number that the children were able to borrow for her. That was the extent to which the provision came. Limiting yourself, limiting myself, and making it impossible for me to break through. But God is giving you the understanding that in this last day of 2017, you can still possess the power, the wisdom, the knowledge, the ability to break through the impossibility. If your husband has not been responding to the word of God the way you were expected, Go on your knees and take the word of God and break upon his head. If your wife has not been responding, take the word of God and break it upon her head. Do not subcontract the case. The problem remains with you and for you. Don't wait and say, tomorrow, 2018, what happens to today? The power is still available right now to bring transformation. The power is still available to do that which nobody can do for you. But it says one thing. Go and borrow everywhere. Do not limit the vision of God in your life. Do not limit the possibilities of God in your life. He said go, borrow everywhere. No limits. Everywhere. You could have come to my village. My mother will give you. You go to London, Queen Elizabeth will give you. Go and borrow everywhere. There is no place you go. People do not have empty vessels. That which people consider unimportant, God considered it important because he has given you the oil to pour into it. He has given you the oil 
of many is empty, empty vessel. If you have come to ask them to borrow to you filled vessels, they will say, no, when are you going to bring it back? But give me your empty vessels. Give me the trash in your house. Bring the trash in your house. Bring the trash. When the trash truck comes around your house, that's one time everybody here knows the sound of the trash collectors. Everybody here knows the sound. If you oversleep and you hear the sound, you jump up because you want to go take your trash and bring it out before they pass. And I tell you, those folks can speed. They can speed. Before you come around here, so you carry your trash running after them. God said, take your trash truck. Go every home. They have trash. Let them give it to you. Let them give you the trash. But the trash is wealth that he has provided for you. Their trash is your wealth. He said, go and borrow empty vessels. Who here does not have an empty can in their house? If I search your trash today, I will see an empty bottle. I will see an empty can. He said, borrow not a few. How can she allow her children? God said, you, Mizella, go borrow. You allowed it to, to borrow from you, to borrow for you. They did not hear the word. They may even not have believed very well what you said to them. But in order to be obedient to mommy, they went and borrowed. Let's just do it. So this lady, our mommy likes to. She likes to. I don't want to, I don't like to hear her voice. Sometimes she just calls me. Every time she calls me. So they, you're talking to them on the phone. They just have the phone like this. Because they don't want to hear the mommy is too yagi, yagi, yagi. So they just obeyed you, went and borrowed just little enough to get you off their back. Somebody limited the provision of God for you to break through impossibility because you subcontracted it to somebody else. When God said to her, go, borrow a few. But the Bible says in that verse there, she asked her children who brought them to her. Oh my Jesus Christ. I saw where it has been impossible for me to break through because many times I have asked people to do this, asked them to do that, but God said to me, do it. In our ending this year, the possibilities of the word of God in your life is still real. It may take a while, but the question is, God, why me? Why me? Why is it that other people have things so easy? Why is it that I'm so good? I'm so righteous. I fear the Lord. But things are always hard for me. Why me? Who do you want it to be? Me? You want it to be me? And then I'll ask the Lord, why me? What I want to tell you tonight the same God who told Jephthah to go and fight. And Jephthah decided to put praise and worship leaders in the front. It didn't make sense, but it's the word of God. 
and it worked. The same God that asked them to march around the walls of Jericho. It didn't make sense marching around the walls of Jericho. Marching around the walls of Jericho. Going around the walls of Jericho. It didn't make sense, but it worked. The same God whom David had confidence in, in to take a slingshot against Goliath. It didn't make sense, but it worked. I want you to understand this morning that breaking through impossibilities, the word of God may not make sense, but I want to encourage you this morning. I know it works. The same God who said I will neither leave you nor forsake you. The same God may not tell you things that make sense, but his word works. So as we close this morning, I want you to know this. That everywhere you have created an impossible wall for your life because you have asked other people to do what God has asked you to do. I want us to pray this morning. You take that place back and that wall of Jericho will fall down flat. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. The same God who have prophesied about your family, your relationship, your marriage, that God will build it irrespective of the way it is right now. But what you see may not make sense. But I know that it works. God wants you to be a part of the process, not of the result. The result is of the Lord. The process is of you. He told the woman to go and borrow. She subcontracted it to somebody else. He told her, you're going to pour it yourself. The disciples told Jesus, going to die on the cross is your problem. When Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane, he gathered with Peter, James, and John, took them apart from the 120. He took the 12 apart and then he took three out of them. He said, tarry here with me and pray. They went to sleep. It's your problem, Jesus. Even when your prayer partners are asleep, the problem remains yours, my sister. Your problem is your problem. I can sympathize with you, but you know what? It's your problem. I can sympathize with you, bro, but you know what? It's your problem. My problem is my problem. I can sympathize with you, but you know what? It's your problem. So who is going to be the one to bend down first? He or she that has this problem. In my place, we carry loads on our head. If I want to carry a bag of cement, you know what? And I want you to help me. Who is going to be the first person to bend down? It's me. And then he want to help me. I cannot ask him to lift it up and put it on my head. He's going to look at me. You must be out of your mind. I am the one who wants to lift the bag of cement. But if you want to be the one who will lift it up and put it on my head, please, come on. I want to show you my problem so you can solve it. That's how it is in my place. We lift the heavy load, we put it up. But because I'm the one who's going to carry the load, I got to bend down first before he can help me out. 